welcome to the latest episode of Nice Talks. I am Georgina and I will be your host today. Today we are going to talk about melanoma, a type of skin cancer which we have seen increasing in recent years. Following the publication of our updated melanoma guideline, as well as one of the hottest and sunniest summers on record, Dr. Gail Alsop, Interim Medical Director at NICE, is joining us to talk about what the NICE guideline says about diagnosing and treating melanoma, as well as what people can do to protect themselves from too much sun exposure. I'm also really pleased to be welcoming Richard Jackson to the podcast today. Richard joins us to talk about his experience after being diagnosed with melanoma in 2006. Welcome to you both and thanks for joining me today. Richard, I'd like to start with you. Can you describe how and when you were first diagnosed? I had a mole on my side and I, I initially became concerned about it. It was back in 1999, actually, when I got married. Went to see my GP about it. She referred me to a dermatologist and at that point it was absolutely fine. But then it gradually got worse. By 2003, it became ulcerated and was actually bleeding. So I was referred then into hospital. And at that point in time, I don't think a great deal was known about melanoma, particularly in the hospital. And a, a referral was made to dermatology and eventually the plastics team. And plastic surgeons decided that that mole obviously needed to come off they were very concerned about it but at this point hadn't actually seen an oncologist it was malignant it was removed there was an extra wide excision done as well i had a graft of skin taken from my leg and put onto my side obviously to make up from where the the skin was taken away and i had no other signs of melanoma then for a few years but then it returned in 2006 and that's when i was diagnosed with metastatic malignant melanoma and i understand that it was at this stage you were referred to the christie hospital in manchester for treatment Can you tell us what happened next? Uh, At that point, then I was referred to the Christie because obviously there was very little treatment available. Well, there was no treatment available at that point in 2006. And the only course of action then for me was to undergo trials, which I did at the Christie. The initial trial was traditional chemotherapy, one that was actually designed for lymphoma, I think, and was particularly unsuccessful. Uh, And then I had the opportunity to use a systemic therapy called apilimumab, which worked remarkably well, worked immediately within probably 24 hours, 48 hours. There was an immediate impact on all the lumps I had all over my chest and my back at this point. We gradually sort of witnessed them disappearing and starting to go. I finished that treatment. I was very poorly with the treatment, had some quite extreme side effects, but I was very poorly with that treatment. I had about five cycles of treatment and I finished in 2008. And since that point, I've spent 14 years cancer-free, although, you know, I continue to have checkups. There's been no sign of it since that point. That is fantastic news. Thank you for sharing that with us, Richard. So following surgery and the chemotherapy trial, you then moved on to a systemic treatment, which was an immunotherapy that treats all parts of your body. Can you talk us through that process? Initially, I had surgery when the mole was removed, but then when it came back, and obviously it's metastatic, it's moved to all sorts of different parts of my body. Surgery then isn't really an option because there's that many, you know, small lumps and bumps. So, yeah, I had a systemic treatment, which was IPI, Pilimumab, finished in 2008. And since that point, I've not had any other treatments, no. Having gone through that experience and now being a patient expert, in this type of cancer. What advice would you give to people that are listening who need to be out and about when it's sunny? There's a clear link now, as I'm sure everybody's aware, between sun exposure and melanoma. 
and I think we're that delighted in this country when the sun does actually come out that I think that people can't wait to get out you know into it and enjoy it and I think that that's what I did when I was younger obviously you know I grew up through the 70s and 80s the sun came out that was it we were out playing cricket tennis all sorts of sports outside shirts off you didn't really give it a second thought but I think particularly with climate change I don't know whether it's the effect of the ozone layer but I think the UV levels now in this country are a lot stronger I think people need to be very aware when they go out into the sun not that we want to stop people going out and enjoying the sun because obviously you know some of the best days that you have are the sunny days those are the ones that you remember but I think people do need to really consider how long it is that they stay out in it and if they are out or going to be exposed to sunlight especially between April and September and those hours particularly between 11 and 3 that they think very very carefully about their sun exposure and it's very easy to you know negate the effects of the sun by you know wearing a hat wearing long sleeve clothes wearing sun cream on any of those areas that uh, are exposed and in that way you know making sure that they are safe when they're outside and for those people who need to be outside for example for work what should they do what's your advice for them one of the things that I have done recently, obviously, because I've worked as a patient advocate now, is contacted by the Institute of Occupational Safety and Health at IOSH, and they asked me to do a presentation for them. Because I think one of the concerns that they got was about employers acting responsibly. And I think if you've got workers that need to be outside, landscape gardeners, builders, you know, them, those kind of professions, then I think employers as well need to, you know, consider carefully the protection equipment that they provide with their members of staff, and that those talks are held, and that they wear sun cream when they're outside as well but it's not something that people should be you know frightened of or scared of I think we need to be outside and I think there is a need for particularly through the summer for everybody to be developing their vitamin d which we know we do through sun exposure but it's got to be really carefully managed and I think you know we've got to think carefully about it and how long we spend outdoors so we've heard firsthand from Richard what he experienced during that initial diagnosis and treatment and now I'd like to move on to you Gail so that we can consider the clinical perspective. Gail can you tell us what melanoma actually is and, and how it is diagnosed? Well melanoma is one of many skin cancers that we see across the world um, and increasingly here in the UK. It tends to be a skin cancer that starts in moles. We all have moles all over our body and as we get older we tend to get increased numbers of moles and different types of moles but what's absolutely super important is that people keep a check on their own moles and if they see any changes and particularly if they change quickly and particularly if they itch or they bleed or they start to develop crusts but actually they seek medical help as soon as they can just to get it checked out. It's not that every mole that changes will be a skin cancer or a melanoma but it's absolutely important you get someone to have a look at it and in the first instance of course that will be your GP surgery and one of the, the clinicians that works there whether that's a GP or a nurse practitioner whoever sees you first of all and if they're worried they can then either within the GP surgery have someone with a special scope which is called a dermatoscope it, it's a little uh, almost like a little camera that looks more closely at your moles they can have a little look under there and if there are any worrying signs or indeed if they don't have one of those and there are some worrying signs based on the story and how the mole they will be sending you in the first instance to a dermatologist who will have a look at the mole, have a look often at the other moles on your body and, and make a judgment call as to whether the mole will need a biopsy, whether the mole will need to be removed. And the formal diagnosis is not made until we actually have a specimen that we take to the laboratory and look under the microscope where we see that the cells in that tissue have changed to cancerous cells. Can you 
tell us a little bit more about some of the treatments that are currently available? Yeah, so medicine moves on very rapidly. And one of the things that we do at NICE is any new medicines that are developed, we try and look at incredibly quickly to see, is it appropriate that we bring them into the health service very quickly? So in terms of treatment, the first treatment for all melanomas and all skin cancers is to consider, should we take it out? So looking at the surgeons, the dermatologists, or in Richard's case, it was a plastic surgeon, would actually use a scalpel to take out the the piece of tissue so we can look at it under the microscope and really importantly to make sure we get the right diagnosis but also increasingly to make sure that we do genetic testing on that tissue because there's lots of different treatments coming through. In terms of new and more up-to-date treatments and particularly the ones that NICE have approved over the last few years. These are called immunotherapy treatments. So of course there are the standard skin cancer treatments that we use for other types of cancer. There is radiotherapy, there are different forms of treatment for localised ones, there's a type of cream, what we call a topical treatment that we can put on. But the immunotherapy drugs are the exciting ones and these are the ones that Richard is talking about. The way that immunotherapy drugs work is they don't directly kill the cancer cells themselves so they're not like chemotherapy. Chemotherapy comes into your body and attacks the cancer cells but at the same time attacks your own cells because it can't quite discriminate between the two and that's why people on chemotherapy particularly the really strong aggressive chemotherapies get lots of side effects such as hair loss. Immunotherapy works really quite differently. It's still most of the time put into a vein so you're still on a drip every few weeks over a cycle of treatment but what it does is it uses your own immune system to recognize the cancer cells and then to attack the cancer cells. So it's not the drug that's killing the cancer cells and and stopping the cancer spreading. It's actually using your own body mechanisms, your own immune system to put it on heightened alert so that that does the hard work for it. And in most cases, the side effect profile is is much lower than with standard chemotherapy. Although some for some people, because your immune system is on heightened alert, it can be that you get what we call autoimmune conditions where your body starts to recognize its own cells. So some people get itchy skin, for example, but these side effects can often be readily treated with steroids, for example. And finally, Gail, is there anything that people can do to reduce their risk or anything that people should be specifically looking out for? Yes, to reduce your risk, lots and lots of things we can all be doing individually. So the first thing is be body aware. I tend to say this every single week when I'm seeing my patients in in my clinic. You need to know your own body. You need to know your own moles. And if one changes, keep an eye on it. If you're really worried about it, go and seek help, get someone to have a look. Very simple things you can do. You could actually, if there is a mole that you're not quite sure about, take a photograph with a little ruler underneath so you can see how big it is and compare it a few weeks later, take another photograph. Because actually when you take that to your GP surgery, it will also be really helpful so that they can see how things have changed. To prevent your moles changing, to prevent yourself getting skin cancer, lots and lots of things to do. Richard has already said sunscreen is absolutely important, but it's not any old sun cream. It's high factor sun cream and it's sun cream that's liberally put on your body. The thinner the sun cream, it's not actually going to work quite as well. 
if you're having a water fight or if you're in and out of the swimming pool, then actually reapplying the sunscreen to make sure that it continues to work is also really important. Wearing sunglasses, making sure you're wearing a sun hat and, and we always say a wide brimmed sun hat. So that, that typical beautiful big sun hat so that it covers not only your head, but it also covers your shoulders and keeps those in shade as well. But in an ideal situation, it would be covering up and also staying out of the sun, particularly at the height of the day. So traditionally we said between 12 and 2, although I think over this summer the sun was between 12 and 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening when it really was at high intensity and trying to avoid the sun in those instances is also really super important. We've come to the end of today's NICE Talks. You can learn more about the Melanoma Assessment and Management Guideline at www.nice.org.uk forward slash ng14. Thank you for listening to today's NICE Talks. If you're not already a subscriber, please like and subscribe and follow us on social media at NICE Comms to stay connected to all of our NICE Talks. Goodbye.